time now for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And check out our new website under construction, pinballprofile.com. We head to North Carolina, and we talk to two people that have really caught the pinball craze. Do you remember when you first caught that pinball craze? For me, it was only four short years ago. Well, it's been only about a year for these two, but they've already come leaps and bounds, and they join us right now, Jasmine Hanks and Abby Terhoon. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing great. The reason I wanted to talk to you is Kevin Shanus, who was looking after things at Pinvasion, said, you know, you might want to talk to these two people because they've started a Bells and Chimes chapter in Charlotte and that was only just last fall but now you're already into season three and you've got a little bit of success under your belt but how did Bells and Chimes start for you and I mean really you're just getting into pinball and now you're thinking okay let's start a league how did this all start for you Jasmine? Well, it was already on my mind, but because I was so new into the game of playing, I was nervous to bring it to the owner of Abari and to Kevin because he runs most of the pinball competitions there and the leagues there. And so one day he actually came to me and he's like, you know what, you should start a women's league. And I'm like, I'm so glad you said that because I had been thinking the same thing And then the ball just got rolling from there. Like he gave me the tips and tricks that I needed, showed me how to use match play and let me know how IFPA worked and gave me a little more in-depth training on points and whatnot. And I was like, all right, I guess we're going to do this. And we just started it. So this is new as far as the competitive scene for you, Jasmine, but have you been playing pinball for a long time or did you just really find this just not too long ago? I just found this uh, last February. I walked into a bari and just started playing for fun. It was a casual thing. We noticed papers on the on the pins that were like, hey, you know, join us for our selfie tournaments and highest scores on these machines. You enter them and maybe you can be in the monthly tournament. And I was like, okay, let's give this a shot. And here we are. <laughs> it's amazing that you've done this because I'll use myself as an example. When I first started playing leagues, I certainly didn't know rules. I wouldn't have known how to use match play, although it's very, very easy to use. I wouldn't have known how to run a tournament, what's the best format. I would have known, like yourself, it'd be great to get people together to play in a league that may not exist. I was fortunate enough that the leagues did exist, but how did you find out about Bells and Chimes to bring all these women together? Once Kevin let me know that there was a chapter of women leagues out there, he he let me know that Bells and Chimes existed. So I reached out to Tracy Lindbergh, who started it in Phoenix. She started her chapter. She's kind of the go-to gal as far as other women getting Bells and Chimes chapters started in different states and cities. So I reached out to her, and she's like... She's the woman to go to (laughs) as far as Bells and Chimes goes, even though it started in Oakland, California originally, which is where I was born. (laughs) Yeah, Eka Schneider did that. And Tracy has been on this program as well. So is Eka for that matter. And I remember when Tracy played her first ever Pinburg, we were in the same round together and you could just see the excitement of, wow, this is a great tournament. I'm really into pinball and it was exciting to see. So good person for you to reach out and talk to for sure in Tracy. Now, Abby... You've been playing not that long either. It's only been a little over a year, correct? Uh, Right. Yeah, I actually started just playing. I guess I moved to Charlotte two years ago in April, and we started, like, Abari had just opened and started coming 
sporadically and you know pinball is interesting i'm terrible at this um and then started coming more and more and it just was really fun you can see the numbers improving can see you know oh i wouldn't have been able to do that before and now i caught the ball you know little little improvements here and there and then finally a little over a year ago my now fiance dragged me to a tournament said you know we're going i was not interested i was really intimidated by the thought of all these people i didn't know there <laughs> competing against them and it was really fun and i just got hooked i'm like this is this is a really fun everyone's super nice it's actually really fun to compete at this so yeah you use the word intimidation now was that a general setting of a mixed group of people because one of the reasons i've always heard about bells and chimes is it takes away some of that intimidation because it's a much more friendly atmosphere almost a teaching platform in a way too for some people that were new to pinball and as i look at the first ever bells and chimes charlotte league those were all new people to women's tournaments. So did you find it less intimidating once you got into this? For me, no, because I'd already been doing the the main tournaments. For me, it was just kind of scary. You know, I'm shy, all these people that I didn't know. And again, competing is a different thing than just, you know, me, even meeting people. Um, I know that is a big factor for a lot of the, the ladies who were kind of intimidated by the thought of the main tournament. They're like, I'm not good enough for this. But then once they, you know, we finally got one of our members to go to one of the main tournaments and she said oh yeah this is actually really fun it's just kind of a, a little hurdle there but the the women's league is an easier intro for women who might be a little bit uncomfortable and just not used to the environment and unsure you know, no one knows how this works either until you go do it and then it starts to make sense so you get a little taste of it in bells and chimes yeah, let's put things into perspective. Abby's first women's only event was the Bells and Chimes Charlotte Edition. Her second ever women's tournament happened to be at the massive Pinvasion. And uh, how'd you do it there, Abby? <laughs> I won the women's division. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thank you. It was it was a really fantastic experience. We'd never been to a tournament that big. And, you know, the, the, the machines we'd never seen before. And um, it, it was a really, really great experience. And the competition was really tough. So I was very honored to to come out on that. But. Yeah, no kidding. Virginia <laughs> Hendricks was there. Sunshine Bond, who's played everywhere. Elisa Parks, who just won in New York City. Deborah Tallman, who was the OBX Classics winner. Elizabeth Cromwell, I see, was there. You knocked all of these women off and said, you know what? I may be new, but I'm taking that Pinvasion crown. And very well done. That's a, <laughs> that's a good group that you beat there. Yeah, you know... Um, Sometimes I get really nervous in tournaments and I have trouble controlling it the way that I can in practice. But by the time I got to the finals on that, I was just, I've made it to the final four. So, you know, if I'm fourth, whatever. And I just had no nerves on that. It was very unusual for me. So it was, <laughs> I was just so, so happy to be there to begin with at that level that all the nerves kind of went away, as weird as that is. But. Jasmine, it sounds like Abby's too modest. What do you think? Is Abby the real deal or what? <laughs> We're so excited for her. I'm pretty sure like I screamed at her 500 times at uh, Southern Fried. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe you won. And then even after we got back to Charlotte, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe you won. And you're doing the right thing, Abby. You're parlaying that into Whipped, the big event at Replay FX. And that's a big one. You win that one. You know you get a brand new machine. Uh, yes, um, we're very excited about that, even though we have no place to put it right now. But <laughs> <laughs> we we're, we're, have some plans to maybe build a detached garage with a game room. So there would be room in the future. 
You're making it sound like that's an excuse. Look, if I don't win, it's because I didn't have room. Exactly, right? (laughs) You just want an extra room. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I know you're going to have fun there. You've both talked about Abari Game Bar. Tell us about that. I know they've got quite a few games there. That's where you hold your Bells and Chimes Charlotte chapter. I see that they've got Scared Stiff and Monster Bash, Medieval Madness, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Adam's Family. A little bit of a horror theme there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. What are some of your favorites there? Uh, Well, Creature is actually one of my favorites for some reason. I just love that game. And uh, Medieval I love. But they also, they do a good job of cycling out the game. So there's a lot of change. Zach's always, who owns the bar, Zach Pulliam, is always trying to get new things in, move things on and off the floor. Not not There's kind of a core group of games that are always there. But, um, but he does a fantastic job maintaining the games and mixing it up so there's some variety. Jasmine, I mentioned the horror theme there that we're seeing at Abari, but uh, that's part of the reason you're not going to be going to Pinburg this year, but next year's a whole nother story because a little thing that people might not know about you, you're kind of busy with horror cons and some of the uh, big events there. Okay, I've never been to a horror con. Tell me what I'm missing by not going to a horror con. You've never been to a single horror convention? All right, so... um, (laughs) I'm a a scaredy cat. (laughs) I'm I'm like surprised. So for the most part, um, you go... not only do you get to meet like some of your favorite actors, I mean, maybe not your favorite. You said you're a security cat, so you might not watch as many <laughs> horror films. But uh, yeah, I go to the horror conventions and I work for different booths. I have friends in uh, different genres of the horror cons. Like I have people who work actually work on films in the film events and people who just make, you know, very scary artwork and scary teddy bears with flesh falling off of them or people who work on things for people in movies. Um, These people don't have a daycare on the side, do they? (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I'm starting to get nightmares. (laughs) No, but you know what? You're close to Georgia there. And I know a lot of filming is done in Atlanta. I think wasn't Walking Dead film there for quite some time. And I believe I thought I could be wrong. Stranger Things, all these kind of unique uh, pop culture horror things. Have you ever gotten on set? Have you ever done anything with that? I have not gotten on set for any of those yet. I am going to be filming um, this fall for Trauma Films with Lloyd Kaufman. He is doing, he did Toxic Avenger, um, Newcomb High movies, Poultrygeist, if you've ever heard of that. But he's working on a new movie. It's called Shakespeare's Storm, and it's based off of Shakespeare's The Tempest. It's like a parody version (laughs) of one of Shakespeare's (laughs) writings. I'll be helping out with that. I'll be doing a cameo in his film this fall in New York. So That would help some of the kids who hate having to read Shakespeare in school. Having a little twist on it would be great. I always loved reading Shakespeare in school, though. So did I. (laughs) Now, Friday the 13th just happened last week. Did you do anything special for that? I did not this time around, but usually I would go and get a Friday the 13th tattoo at a local parlor shop. So Hold on a second. Like a permanent tattoo? Oh, yeah. Permanent tattoos. There are two or three Friday the 13th a year. This is, I didn't know people got tattoos on Friday the 13th. Yeah, they do. Usually all of the tattoo parlor shops, like pretty much every single state does one page of flash art and then they discount the flash art for that day um, and take walk-ins like all day. So right now I have a bowling ball with only two slots for two fingers on it and it has 13 next to it. I have the traditional black cat for Friday the 13th as well. Just random little, ta- I only have 
three Friday the 13th tattoos. So. <laughs> See, I thought I was being cool. I wear a Jason Voorhees Camp Crystal Lake shirt. I'm like, oh, look at how hip I am, right? Mr. Cool. <laughs> Not a tattoo. That works too. <laughs> I know, but it gets a little old after a few a few each year. But anyway, so you're both in North Carolina, and I want to know, Abby, I don't know if you've been yet or you're planning to go to Flippers on the coast. Yes. Last year, we thought about going, and we're just, you know, it's a six-hour drive. We weren't sure about it. Um, and then we saw the, the scores come in in the North Carolina rankings after Flippers, and we realized we can't miss that again. <laughs> Um, but I'm getting married November 3rd and my fiance and I were going to take a trip anyways for our honeymoon. And so we're going to do flippers at the tail end of that. And then also we were going to be in Orlando for part of that for Disney. Yeah. And I was looking at the calendar and said, oh, wow, Free Play Florida is also in Orlando that weekend right before flippers. So (laughs) it's going to be a little bit bit of a pinball honeymoon. That's great. So. You need to get in touch with Teresa Nessel from the New England area. She did something like that, too. She'll be at the Whipped event. Okay. There's pictures of her in her wedding dress playing pinball. So, I mean, I don't I don't know how you can top that, but talk to Teresa about that. Oh, well, um, I'm not really doing a full wedding dress, but we are actually going to have some machines from, from Abari at our wedding. So... <laughs> A little arcade set up, just a few games. So I think Heliana out of Colorado did something similar to that too. So I like this. This is good. The <laughs> pinball sort of themed wedding or something around it with the two trips, OBX and Free Play Florida. Yep. Well done. Good idea. And I also understand you're a lawyer. Now I'm good friends with Jack Tadman, who's a Canadian player in the Toronto area. And I can tell you already, Abby, you're my favorite lawyer in pinball. I'll just say that right away. <laughs> Jasmine, I saw the news piece, very, very well done, about Bells and Chimes in Charlotte. Has that helped build the player base yet? Are you at where you want to be? I'm not sure if we'll ever be, like, exactly where we want to be. Like, we always want, we want as many women who feel comfortable to be a part of our tribe. Like, that'll never change. The more, the better, always. Right now, yes, it has given us quite a few new women. We have a couple of stories right now. I know you saw the first story that we did. We recently just had a new one published as of like a day or two ago. But it has helped a lot. Like we have had people walk into a bar and be like, hey, so I saw you guys on the news and heard about Bells and Chimes. I actually had one lady. I heard you guys on the radio. And I'm like, what? That's cool. But yeah, it's it's definitely brought some new women to us and we're pretty grateful for that. As far as other tournaments, what big tournaments do you plan on going into that are maybe mixed or certainly other women's events? I know that, Abby, you're going into the Whipped Tournament in Pittsburgh, but what are some of the other ones? What Are there other women's tournaments around the area that you can hop onto or maybe even organize? There are not any currently. I would really love to do one, partially just because I want more women's points because I'd really like it to make it to the Women's World Championships. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah but um, currently there aren't... There there aren't really women's events around that I'm aware of within maybe in Atlanta, but so I, I'm in North Carolina. Yeah, I would, I would love that. I'm not sure quite how to go about organizing that other than I, I, I mentioned it to Kevin Shannis and he was interested. So, um, but, but yeah, I, I would absolutely love that. When you go to tournaments, and I don't know if you've seen this, Jasmine, or not, but Abby, you would have maybe saw this at Pinvasion. When you go to tournaments and there's a main event and there's a classics event and there's a women's event, do you have to find time to split between the three or do you just focus on maybe one or two of the events? I went in not planning to do the classics, planning to do the main event and planning to do the women's. And 
I was having issues with the main event just because I was waiting so long for my turn. And then I was like nervous about blowing it. And, you know, it would have to wait another 45 minutes to play. And that would just cause me to get nervous and blow it. (laughs) So that's something I've got to learn. I've got to get better at with these big tournaments. Uh, at a certain point, I started realizing, you know, I'm, I, I had a couple decent scores on some of the women's games. I'm like, I'm just going to focus on these now because I feel like I'm just wasting money at this point on the other machines. But I, I want to figure out how to allocate time a little more efficiently in the future. But it's really hard to do multiple events like that to try to fit in both, especially when you've got such a long wait for the other games and you can't queue for both while you're doing that. So it does take away time from whichever one, you know, other one you want to do. So it's, it's a bit of a challenge. It is difficult too. And also too, with something like Pinvasion, there was a large crowd there. So you've got much more people and that's why the lineups were a little bit longer too. So when there are more people, it's obviously harder to qualify for the playoffs. So even those of us that are maybe just doing mains and classics, sometimes I know in New York City, for example, people said, you know what, I don't know if I can do both. And there was also a women's event there too. I don't know if I can do both or even all three because you got to pick and choose, you know? So I think everyone's kind of in that dilemma, but I guess the best thing I can suggest is I'm glad that it's not just mains and classics. There are women's events now. They're becoming huge in the last two, three months. There have been three new inbox machines given away. So there's certainly the excitement there. And like you say, you use the word intimidation too. Maybe it's a little less intimidating for newer players. I think as people are playing, they're finding out, okay, hopefully it's not as intimidating it doesn't matter, male or female, doesn't matter, young or old. Anybody can win on any given day, correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no advantage to being, you know, male, female, young, old, other than experience and skill and learning to get your head in the right place. So, because <laughs> there's so much of this is mental. And so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn a lot from other people and, and, but, you know, you see the skill level that some people have and you just kind of got to keep, keep going and keep working at it and try to get there. So. <laughs> Jasmine, what's the best advice you've had for learning games quickly? What what has been your success? Oh, goodness. I'm the farthest person from learning games quickly. It definitely takes me time to warm up to anything. I guess the best advice that I can give is uh, listen to other people's advice, for sure. YouTube is perfect. Like YouTube is So you best. do watch videos, okay. Yes, definitely. I definitely advise reading the directions on each machine. Like I started off for a good while not doing that and thinking that, you know, I'll just keep the ball alive. But after reading the directions on each machine and I feel like it gets harder before it gets better. So it's like you start off playing well because you're just keeping the ball alive. And then once you know what you're supposed to be doing, it gets a little bit harder for you and you do a little bit worse because you actually know what you're going for and you focus so much on trying to hit certain shots and make certain moves in a certain order that it gets a little worse because you're trying too hard to do that versus keeping the ball alive. But once you keep practicing, it gets better. Abby, what's it like for you when you come up to a game you've never played before? Are you looking at the little cue card? Are you watching other people? Or are you? I mean, I'm always excited to get on a new machine, right? To, to see something I've never played before. And beyond that, I, I always have to play it a little bit and then start looking at the cue card. And it always helps me to talk to other people and also have someone there with me while I'm playing, 
you know, helping spot things that are going on, because especially on a new game that you don't know, you get kind of too, you know, your head stays down too much. It's hard to look up and see what's going on in the screen and what modes you've started. And so I kind of tend to go through a process of, of learning, you know, playing for a while, starting to read the rules, starting to look more at the screen and see the different things and figure out what I'm doing. And then I eventually go watch a video because I, I need to understand what I'm watching when I see the video. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not very helpful. And we talk to a lot of people, a lot of other players at Abari and get a lot of tips on things and, you know, think, you know, something weird happened. What is this mode or what what happened here? And go ask someone who's who maybe studied up a little bit more. So it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's a good way to bounce things off each other and learn. So you mentioned something that I think is a key point and Elizabeth Cromwell has talked about it before on this program and elsewhere. It's okay to ask for advice, but to give somebody advice that didn't ask for it, sometimes that advice isn't taken too well. So feel free to ask for advice. But uh, if you're wanting to offer somebody, make sure they're willing to accept it because some people just want to play and, and flip the flippers. And, and we have to respect that as well, too. Absolutely. No, I, I, I always, I don't want someone to come up unsolicited and start giving me tips. And I remember some guy was telling me about some about something on the Star Trek game when I was playing it somewhere and I'm not very familiar with the game, you know, the newer Star Trek. And I'm like, you know, I didn't need your unsolicited advice. I was just trying to learn the game and learn the shots. Like, just go away, buddy. I I wasn't interested. You know, I don't like, so I completely agree with that. It's one thing to have it be kind of a, you know, friendly banter. me asking, it's another thing. I don't want unsolicited advice. Fair enough. Well, I wish you the best of luck at Pinburg at the Whip Tournament, Abby, and also you and Jasmine at Bells and Chimes in Charlotte, North Carolina at Abari. Great to talk to you. It's great to get to know you through this interview. I appreciate what you're doing. I have a feeling the league is going to grow and grow and grow, and I love your enthusiasm. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Jeff. All the best, and hopefully we'll talk soon, okay? All right. Definitely. Likewise. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on either iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Check out our new under-construction website, pinballprofile.com. I'm Jeff Teoles. <laughs>